welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about Atiye slash The Gift, Season 2, Episode 7. Sorry, 8. I labeled it wrong in my notes. Um, which is the Season 2 finale, which was absolutely batshit crazy. We're all going to be very confused about what the hell just went on. And we have a really lot of things to talk about. And I'm very confused. But I liked it. Kind of. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to talking about it. I am not drinking anything, but today I had a pecan pie cider and Ooh. it was so good. What about you guys? Any tea? I do not have any tea, but I do have a Diet Coke per usual. All right. Caffeinated beverage. We'll take it. I'm hydrating again with a precariously low glass of water. About to run out. <laughs> I did have six cups of tea in the last couple hours, Jesus. but that was, that's all gone now. <laughs> oh, no. Well, um, I guess we'll take your word for it per usual, but maybe we'll do like a Esgi tea takeover of the Twitter feed sometime and you could just post every glass of tea you drink so we know that it happens. Just as, so it's, just as real, yeah. So it's yeah. documented, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so now Sophia is going to tell us exactly what happened in this episode. Exactly to the down to the second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As we, as I just discussed with Sammy, honestly, there's a big chance you guys will have to interject because I was just very confused. I had to watch one of the parts of the episode like three or four times because I was just like, <laughs> what? Anyway, so let's get started. So we have, so last episode, we left off with Erhan in a hospital where you can see the Gobekli Tepe, like post, a Gobekli Tepe poster, which I think is key. <laughs> and so he's like, he really like wants to leave the hospital, basically. Um, and the doctor's like, no, you actually have really extensive kidney damage, so you can't leave the hospital and let's go. And so he, him and the nurse give Erhan some sort of like tranquilizer, I guess. So he can't leave the hospital. And then we have a recap of something that happened a long time ago, which was that Ozan put Serdar in jail, right? For, I can't remember exactly for what. Do you guys remember um, why he was caught? Was it he killed someone? For killing Elif? Jansu. Johnson, yeah. yeah, Johnson, yeah. yeah. I don't even know how he got the information for that, but no, well, didn't. he went to he went to Mustafa, and I think they checked the. I think there was a security footage, a security the camera, house, no, yeah, yeah, in the street, thing. right, or something, yeah, or in the street. I mean, there was like, yeah, there was like evidence. I think there was hard evidence of it. So, um, once he, Mustafa got the tip, slash, he already knew Sadar was behind it in that in that timeline. So, no. So then we have a really nice father-son conversation where basically the dad's like, I'm proud of you finally because you're a piece of shit. And the dad and Ozan's like, you're the worst dad ever. Like, you never made me feel important. Like, my mother's absence was more important to you than me being here. Um, and like all this crap. I don't know if you guys saw anything else that was relevant in this conversation. But what I remember is him like complaining about um, said that paying more attention to his mother than to him. I think the thing that I learned from it was that Sardar 
was just a pawn for whatever organization sure. this is and he's not like born into it or anything like that he mm-hmm. just kind of joined up oh yeah and he says like i learned their language and like did their bidding and like was dumb it seems like is what he said like he shouldn't have done it or something kind of what i got from it i don't know but that's what i understood and then um we go back to the other timeline where atie and serdar are in the car well where atie saved serdar from the burning car and basically they also have an important conversation where he basically confesses that they're doing all of this because the world is too populated so they need um they need the world like the population to decrease but so like Serdar describes in detail what happens to pregnant women and why they die like like their all their internal organs shut down I don't know it was kind of graphic um so I might have spaced out a little because it was pretty gross I think it's basically like the whatever you know whatever mystical curse that's been put on uh humankind the, the symptoms are like the women's immune systems attack the baby like they, they, um, the immune system seems to think that the baby is like something that needs to be right. eradicated yeah so then it leads to uh, an over overcompensation by the immune system that leads to organ failure basically and then yeah they will obviously the mom and baby both die and then they have a weird conversation like There's a part where Ati is like, you're like me and I'm like you, which I was very confused about like why, but basically like she forgives him and says like, she's not going to watch him die or something. It's a weird conversation where Ati is like the savior. Yeah. Agreed. I forgive you for treating me like crap and like wanting me dead and almost killing me. And now actually like you set something in motion that will kill me because I'm pregnant. It was kind of a Jesus-y moment, if you ask me, but I don't know. <laughs> that was just the vibe that I got from it. And they are like in Urfa, right? In Gobekli, or not Gobekli Tepe, but like right by, um, and by that tree with all the things tied on it. And she, I think she calls an ambulance for Sardar because he's like pretty ill. And then we have Elif or Jansu and her dad, which... Is she in like a mental hospital? I was not entirely sure. But no, she's I like think very... that was just, I think, I think that remember he saved her from being kidnapped. I think they're yeah. just like sitting somewhere together, like in a cafe or something. Because mm-hmm. there's the, there's an ambulance and then there's the red crescent outside. So I think that was Sardar. Uh, but why would they be there though? No, because there's an ambulance and doctors in the background. Okay, so maybe oh. it's like just outside the place where she was kidnapped too, but they weren't like in an institution. They were just like it was well, like right she out. was good. She almost got kidnapped at the apartment. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, but that's she was weird. In like a warehouse, remember? That's where not. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. it's like the crime scene. Yeah, it's like gotcha. probably just outside that building. Yeah. So now the dad's like, "You need to finish your brother's mission because he's now dead in this universe." And they show him like dead in the autopsy room. And there, like, Hannah comes in and cries about his death. And she decides to go and kill Serdar. And so she goes and strangles him with the pillow, which he's chill with. Yeah. And he just has flashbacks. Oh, so she goes to, 
wait, no, because now I get confused because now she's okay. in the other reality. In the There's house. two yeah, Hannahs, in the, yeah. In, re- in timeline two, she's really sad that Adhan's dead. That's where she's in the morgue and she IDs his body mm-hmm. positively and then proceeds a few scenes later to suffocate Sardar with a pillow. Okay. However, earlier, prior to the Sardar assassination in timeline one, she attempts to kill Adhan same way suffocating him with mm-hmm. the pillow but is not successful mm-hmm. and then we have erhan and gobekli tepe which i don't know what reality that is that was extremely confusing that's to me. reality number one number one and he sees their his daughter without ta mm-hmm. but yeah he, like, after he leaves the hospital yeah okay he doesn't really understand but they don't show him leaving the hospital that's why i was confused i guess he's wearing the hospital gown under his jacket so he tells this. This is pretty similar to when Atiye ran into her aunt in the street. So he runs into the little girl. And is like, "What are you doing here? Why are you in the middle of the road?" And he's and so he has a little conversation with the little girl. Um, and the little girl like touches him and makes him see everything. And so he sees when he was a kid. He sees the other reality with him and Atiye and him getting married. He sees the reality of when he was a kid and he discovered the purple cave and then he gets really ill it seems or like in shock i don't even know if he's like actually ill or what's the deal well he has a gunshot wound stabbed yeah Yeah. and then he remembers that ati told him that they have a daughter and he i guess he puts two and two together and realizes that's his daughter and she's walking away finally from being in the middle of the road but he decides to follow her rather than um just chill there and so auntie is like talking to a wall (laughs) a little (laughs) strings tied um and Mm -hmm. she's like i don't i guess she's talking to erhan i don't even know she's like talking to yeah I, i think it has to be erhan like who else could it be like asking like if you were here would you be together and like all this stuff yeah and so then there's like some construction workers and i i don't remember the scene but i guess those are the guys that work for found the the cave finally yeah yeah those are the the mining company yeah okay they finally found the cave i think the purple cave right or did they just find a cave the tunnel to the entrance of the cave yeah so finally, <laughs> what we've been waiting for the whole season. And then Melek goes to the barbecue station, mm-hmm. which she had already <laughs> found. And she's like very frustrated by it. And she hears a voice from Ozan who says like, find Atiyah, she will take you to me. Mm-hmm. And so she's like figuring out how to find her, like, or like she's she's like I don't know how to find her. What do I need to do now? And then she finds some sort of map. What is it? Yeah, like a map. Yeah, she has. Oh, she knows yeah. she has to go to that tree that's the on tree. the hill. With yeah, the, I mean she doesn't even know it's an Orpha, but somehow she knows she does. She it's the tree. Everyone can find the tree. Oh, the tree. It does say Gobekli at least. Atiye Orpha Gobekli. So I guess it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. And then Mustafa gets home and Serap is there again. 
So I assume this is reality too, because she's wearing that same hoodie thingy. And she's like very happy because she succeeded. And then they have the whole conversation about how they had all of these dreams, like how set up is like, yeah, I could only see my daughter in my dreams. Mm-hmm. You found a, a birth cert- a death certificate because my mom faked my and my sister's death when we were kids. Um, and basically he's like, yeah, I saw you in my dreams too. And I, I think he also saw Ati in his dreams. So he's like, um, like they finally, you know, kind of realize that they're, meant to be together in some other universe and then he gets a phone call just to add i think he had also physically seen set up when she was 16 like i think yes, it was around the, the time of this station. attack yeah yeah oh i thought that that was in a vision okay gotcha no, no, no. like I he had actually too. seen her, and like they had both for reasons they couldn't understand had like constantly thought about seeing oh, each other because, that's like, romantic yeah across the universes there stars were crossed got it and then in the other universe, Sardar is in his dying hospital bed because his cough cut up with him, I guess. And Mustafa's there. And he, like, basically confesses to killing Erhan, right? And he records himself doing that. And I don't even know why he does that. And he also says that he's to blame for the pregnant women that have died. I think I he knows that. that. I think he knows that by like talking to Atia. First of all, his alien commanders are probably aware that he like let her get away. So he knows he's he knows that Hannah's gonna come in probably with the pillow, whether it's by alien command or by just revenge. That's <laughs> so my question. Like, like, well, I guess that's for the banter section. But like, did yeah. she kill him? Because she's still loyal to the organization, or because she was in love with Erhan, and now she talks Erhan about duty, so it could really be either way. Hopefully, yeah. we'll find out next season if they continue timeline two at all. Um. So then, while he's getting um, suffocated, <laughs> Erhan just had <laughs> that memory of him being a kid stuck in the cave and nobody paying attention to him, which is really sad, honestly. Like. It's very sad. And then Atia like tells her daughter, like, we're ready. Like she touches her belly. And then Melek appears because as we know, the trek from Istanbul to Urfa is approximately three seconds long. Yeah, Urfa's a neighborhood of Istanbul. So <laughs> didn't know that. It's yeah, you just take the subway. <laughs> yeah, so easy. And so Melek like cups herself to Atia and is like, You're coming with me because you're taking me to where my son is mm-hmm. and you need to help me. And she cuffs them together and throws the key away and then Elif appears and is like you were my mother you raised me like, like your yeah mother. how did you both get here <laughs> yeah well also <laughs> like you um how did like I know that you weren't the closest to me but you were still my mother I don't remember my other daughter whatever my other mother sorry and now she's pregnant finally yeah Apparently. that was ugh, yeah we have to talk about that <laughs> she's so, pregnant <laughs> Malik doesn't want to let her um go well Atiyah but then Elif convinces her by saying she's pregnant and that makes Malik really happy because like that's Ozan living on and so Elif and Malik kind of make up and Atiyah leaves and goes inside the cave and then Erhan also leaves and goes inside the cave. And they meet in the middle of the cave in that passage. 
And so Erhan is like, please, you need to come, like, come with me. I want to be with you, like all this stuff. But she's like, no, I need to save the world. Like, I can't stay in this cave. And they have all these flashbacks to when they were like kind of Adam and Eve. And well, she needs like her baby to be born in order to continue everything. But the baby needs to be born in the other timeline, which, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, so the baby needs to be born in timeline one. Two, no, timeline Erhan, two. And Erhan is from Erhan one. Seems, yeah, Erhan seems to only be able to exist in timeline one. Like for some reason he couldn't like cross with her according to rules that they both seem to know. Like but just, didn't but bother explaining how they are aware of this <laughs> and then yeah she isn't, somehow can only give birth in timeline two to save the babies and but mothers. isn't atia currently in timeline two like why would she need to i think they it? met across timelines yeah, they in the cave met, but like she couldn't go further toward one and he couldn't go further toward two mm-hmm. like they okay. were yeah yeah agreed okay okay that seems to make sense i guess and so well, she tells him about the daughter again and how the daughter will like bring the fate of like will bring everything to be better again. And I don't even know what else they have they say in that conversation. But then he comes out of the cave and he has does he have the neck the portal necklace, I guess? He just I think he saw her, yeah, like little universe necklace like on the ground in the cave and just like took it out with him like it just oh i had i did not realize what that was i was very confused i think it's the locket that had like same space okay okay gotcha yeah and then we fade to i mean i guess the saying is fade to black but it fades to white (laughs) and so then atia's grandmother is like saying one of her things where she's like yeah jesus and mary magdalene all of this um, man and woman bring the universe to originate or whatever. Um, and then all these women are helping Auntie give birth. Her aunt, um, her equivalent of the Jesus guy, who we don't know her name. Yeah. <laughs> the grandma. Yeah. And so she's like giving birth in the white dress, of course. Yep. And so set up is second timeline set up also important she's yeah. wearing the same thing because second timeline set up can't wear anything else oh and then the other person's the aunt right yeah Sahar. and so her grandma's just telling her like basically you're the prophet of our time <laughs> and like you having this baby will make you understand everything and yeah basically that's what she's saying she's saying all these like philosophical things like she's fulfilling her duty and her mom's like yeah now you're gonna be who you're meant to be whatever and then we hear a baby crying and we see one of those shots of Gebekli Tepe it seems to be one of those shots where they haven't discovered it right I can't remember there were multiple aerial shots yeah the, like yes the this time it was their structure was not there was not at there. the end yeah. yeah and then medic is basically in the same like role as as set up mm-hmm. earlier in the season where she's in this mental institution where she's like very disheveled and she's like saying that her son will come just like uh set up was saying that her daughter would come mm-hmm. which he eventually does make it and ozan is there so i'm guessing this is timeline one but we don't know how medic got to timeline one 
I guess, Ati Duratia? Did she follow Atia or what in the world? I don't even know. Or was she just always in a mental institution? And conf- Oh, he's not there. He might not be there. Yeah. But this could be timeline two. Yeah. This could also be timeline three. <laughs> we don't or know. Three, right. This is. right. Yeah. And so then Atia has her little baby and she's cradling the tiny baby. And then there's some wind. <laughs> yes. Some very ominous wind. Someone comes and takes the tiny baby. And now we know what bloody dress is about. Mm-hmm. But then we have, we see this whole scene again where she's like, it's her funeral. There's like a picture of her and like a bunch of people are mourning her, including like Mustafa and set up. It seems to me this is time. I mean, I thought it yeah, was it's timeline like a very one. timeline one crowd. Yeah. 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 Unclear. Unclear. And we see set up like very sad getting ready. And then there's some there's a dude in the forest and Auntie is chasing after him. Turns out this dude has the baby in his hands and she's in the bloody dress, I guess, because she just gave birth, is my conclusion. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously And you know, tired. when you're like just when you're postpartum and there's winds, there's no way for you to protect your baby. The baby will simply act. <laughs> there's no way to avoid it. Pretty sure the wind yeah. stole the baby and just like floated it over to the evil bad man. And, and the evil bad man is, as we saw, please don't awesome. be unrevealed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very much alive. But, yeah. But she like, so she walks into the wedding, into her funeral, sorry. Wedding. And she's like, <laughs> who took my baby? Who took my baby? You know, very cliche kind of thing. Um, and she's like blaming everyone and she's full of blood. So every, I mean, okay, very I'll, horror movie. It's not clear if anyone can see her other than the old boy. True. Also, oh, yeah. is that true? Well, he's the only, only one that we see reacting. Yeah. Yeah. Who is that little boy, by the way? No idea. Young funeral goer number four. <laughs> <laughs> so then our dear friend Ozan puts the baby in the cri- in the baby crib, and he starts talking to our friends, the aliens in mm-hmm. Syriac. Mm-hmm. Um. So. We don't know what timeline this is, but basically he took over his role. But given that uh, that she can't travel from timeline two to timeline one, my conjecture is that he got converted to the Syria cult, whatever thing. Yeah, whatever and, there. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Okay. Yes. So we have a ton to talk about. I think that was a very well done summary considering how confusing (laughs) this episode was so um now we're gonna move straight into our gossip slash banter slash spilling the non-existent six cups of tea that esgi lied that she drank today how dare you no my bladder (laughs) proved it before this recording i recorded that Okay, where should we start? So th- this episode had a ton of conversations, which I think were kind of interesting. But I guess my starting point would be the last thing I said, which is like, what timeline do you think the baby thing is? It has to be two, right? Like, there's no way it's one. I think it's three. Yeah, I think it's something completely different. Oh. Because 
no way timeline one Ozan is doing that and timeline two Ozan is I think dead as he does didn't think dead but uh, I don't think dead either yeah you guys don't think dead but I think he's dead so I think this has to be timeline three unless like a week with the aliens in timeline two turned Ozan evil I think that would make sense honestly Ozan could have already he could have been evil the whole time and just like yeah that's true like a double not double agent but just like you know not being sneaky and reporting on his dad Mm -hmm. to the aliens yeah Hmm. i think i think the birth was you know the birth was a very extremely major thing that happened and it it seems like atia doesn't have to do anything too dramatic in order to get herself a new timeline so it probably caused some, you know, air in the universe that, you know. Right, and what, and Atie, unless they were having a funeral for a missing person, I don't think there'd be a funeral in one, and nobody cares right, enough she was just the, two. She just disappeared into the cave. She wasn't known to be injured or right. anything. Yeah. yeah, but unclear. I mean, it could be any of the options, and then, like, really. It, a huge, a huge, I mean, it's very, they obviously intentionally left the whole, like, can anyone see her bit ambiguous, because mm-hmm. a child mm-hmm. clearly saw her, but there's always this trope in movies and TV where uh, like, see ghosts. and dogs can see ghosts <laughs> and, you know, anybody else. So, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that was the last note I took on the episode was what timeline is this? So, <laughs> We're all on the same page with that. Yeah. I mean, the preview, like, um, not the, I haven't seen any trailers for season three, um, but just like on Netflix, the little preview image mm-hmm. is Adhan, Atia, and the and their daughter at age 10 or 11 in the car together, like driving somewhere. So oh. maybe I that's that four. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I, got the, I got Atia and Erhan like cuddle, like, hugged together standing together I, I got more more uh spoilers i mean it could just be the ghost of the girl like as she was popping up everywhere mm-hmm. else like it could just i be mean there is a part it. in the episode where when they meet in the cave where atia says like the baby we lost basically or something like that like she did lost yeah. so I, I just read it in the subtitle when i was doing the recap oh okay now it's going to be hard to find right now, but <laughs> I promise that okay. she says something along the lines of like, we lost a baby once, but now this baby is going to live or something. Interesting. When? when Which baby? Be different. I mean, she does technically lose the baby. Like somebody takes it. <laughs> well, is she, I don't think she was aware of that at that point. Or maybe she's mm-hmm. aware of everything. Like she, cause she keeps being all being like, time doesn't exist. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> she knew. Yeah. Yeah, that Erhan cave scene was really weird. Like, I I understand that he had to be an important part of this episode and I wanted him to be, but, like, what was the point of him stumbling into the cave, having a quick combo with Atia, and then stumbling back out? I mean, maybe they're setting something up for season I mean, just, three. But... I, think, I think he just... Honestly, his confrontation with his daughter, with the who are you? Who are you think? Like the, <laughs> which by the way is exactly what Sehad as a ghost child said to Atia, oh. but in Kurdish. 
Um, so like this is a recurring ghost child um, thing mm-hmm. phrase. Anyway, I think that was more important to the plot because that brought Adhan up to speed uh, mm-hmm. with everything. However, I guess the, again, the plot value of them meeting up in the cave is just to like give him something to hold on to in his timeline. I don't know. Maybe he'll attempt to cross over or something in the next season who knows but I think just like him being fully aware of what's going on in both timelines yeah. was the value um okay. in all those okay and giving him something to do in the last episode <laughs> right yeah give the man some work he just died in the last episode <laughs> okay how about the Hannah conjectures oh my gosh so for me the Hannah thing was the most confusing part of the episode. Like I understood what was going on, but like they switched, which was kind of cool, like within a scene between the two world Hannah's. And it was like, wow, I really have to work really hard to keep track of this. Mm. Yeah. But Um, I'm still very, very on edge about whether she killed Sardar out of like spite and like anger that he killed Erhan. I don't think she's in with the whole organization. I think she was just on on Sardar's payroll, but I don't think yeah. she knows, she knows the aliens. They made it very ambiguous in that scene. Like mm-hmm. I agree with you that I think before now I would never have thought that she was working for the aliens directly, but after that I was like, "Oh, I don't know if this is like a I love Erhan thing or like a Yeah. I love aliens." Thing. I love aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, we did learn more about the aliens, although like anti-props to Mustafa for like shutting off the mic as soon as Sardar was about to talk about them. <laughs> so it's like an, a secret organization that yeah. yeah. I guess I think it's like some sort of like that's why they also think some sort of Masons slash. Yeah, yeah. Because they also speak yeah. Syriac, which is like an old language. So yeah, very, I'm sure that has to do with... Very pretentious ancient white guy of them. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least they chose a Middle Eastern language. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that could be cool to like learn more about the organization. I feel like we have to at this point in order to have yeah. a compelling villain. Because like Agreed. Saga's pretty much been erased yeah. everywhere. So it's like... Well, like, okay, Ozan definitely exists as the big bad, but, like, for him to right. be credible as the big bad, we need to know, like, what's motivating him. Yeah. Like, who the, thing, the thing about that is, like, I feel like this is, okay, this is me just being negative, I guess, but, like, it's been, they left it so open, the organization thing, that whatever they, like, it's probably more interesting when they leave it as mysterious as, as they've left it than when they actually explain what it is. It's probably going to be, like, a letdown. Yeah, fair enough. And like, we don't really have enough like surrounding characters to give us the like secret organization that's in charge of everything feeling because Sardar has been like the highest in the hierarchy that we really like. It's not like they can reveal that like the president is part of the organization or, you know, something like that. And everything has been so, I think I've said this multiple times and also said it with the protector like everything is so turkey centric like 
the 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 radio broadcast at the start of season two that Atia hears in the taxi, like it implies strongly, if not says outright, that this is only happening in Turkey. Yeah. And like, yeah, with the protector, the <laughs> immortals who could have fucked any number of world cities up, uh, were only interested in Istanbul. It's like, okay, but yeah. why would like this vast evil only care about one city? Um, Agreed. So it's kind of like yeah, if there's this big, if there's if there's this evil cabal, which is what they they seem to be pointing at is like earthbound um, creeps versus aliens. Mm. Why are they only obsessed with doing this in Turkey? And why is there like high, highest ranking mortal whatever um, person? Uh, sad dog like he's just like he's a I mean, he's a prominent businessman but he's not like to sammy's yeah. point like he's not like a, a world leader so it's just yeah, like yeah. Why, why what's with these small time operations <laughs> yeah also it's like at the beginning of the show they painted him as having a lot of power yeah but that power has like seems like to have significantly decreased yes, or they just made him seem more powerful than he ever was yeah i feel like there was a in the first season there was like a interesting like um socioeconomic layer to like the interactions between Ati's family and Sardar's family but they didn't follow up on that at all in this Mm -hmm. season also like I'm still very curious as to how he can view events in other timelines when he's just like another mortal unless the aliens are like sharing that information with him yeah I was wondering in that prison scene where he and Ozan were talking in timeline one after his arrest, like if he had an awareness of timeline two, he didn't seem to because he was very smug and like, he wasn't happy to see Ozan necessarily. Mm. He was just all like, well, you finally, you're finally useful. Like, or you finally like did something right for once in your life. Like, whereas in timeline two, he was so sad about his son disappearing and dying. So I don't think that Sardar knew about Timeline 2 Sardar, mm-hmm. but Timeline 2 Sardar knows about Timeline, timeline 1 Sardar up to at least a certain point in the story. Yeah. So I think, I, I thought he was not a clone. I thought it was truly him, but it seems like he was a clone just mm-hmm. like with more awareness than the others. Mm-hmm. Set up, I guess, is the same way. Like he's a clone, yeah. but knows what's going on. And then Atiyah is just one and only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agreed. I, I have to say, with Atiyah too, I was like getting really annoyed with her like soliloquies about how time doesn't exist, but also every moment is an opportunity to redefine yourself. It's like, if every oh moment's an opportunity, that means time does exist. <laughs> so you're saying time doesn't exist and that everything's happening at the same time, which would imply we have no freedom of choice. What, like, what is your soapbox that you're on? I don't understand. <laughs> you're contradicting yourself. Mm-hmm. Really annoying. <laughs> yeah as Sophia said earlier there's like a lot of long conversations in this episode and I like that this show tries to do like uh, dramatic climaxes differently like it's about talking and understanding and forgiveness and being kind and all that and that's lovely but at the same time, it's kind of boring. <laughs> you know, like I appreciate the the try, but I think it's just not quite working for me. And like Ate forgiving Sardar, like I do think it's within Ate's character as we understand yeah. it. But also I was like, come on. I would have been like, I would have wanted her to be like, yo, okay, I gotta get to this cake. So smell you never. <laughs> 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 you. Yeah. 
And then the same thing um, with Atia and Erhan in the cave where she's like smiling and she's like, sorry, gotta go. Bye. Nice to see you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, it's annoying. She's annoying, but she's the hero. So what can we do? Hey, we're stuck with her. I'm, I'm a little bit torn about like the messaging of the show also in terms of like the big bad, which is Ozan slash Saradai slash whatever organization or alien cult that they're working for. Like the alien cult is obviously super against, and we're going to talk about this in a second, I know in the history section, but like they're weirdly deeply concerned about the status of the planet and overpopulation um, by humans so it's being painted at like their stance aka not wanting humans to reproduce anymore is painted as blanket bad and then um, which I mean you know killing people to justify that goal is or to achieve that goal is not excusable so I agree that they're they are our villains but um, the show's message seems to be that man and woman must copulate and this is like sacred and good and holy and uh you know it's very pro hetero conventional reproduction um adopted kids are treated very poorly oh my god like trash yeah uh so i'm just like what are you are you making like some uh subtextual comments about what is and isn't like a good family a correct family to have um, I which hope I mean, they're I don't not. think that's your intention, but like you can, it doesn't take a lot of layers to peel back to like be like, okay, but I don't like the subtext here. So yeah. I was a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, the adopted kid thing is the biggest like problem yeah. I've had so far. But that's interesting to connect that to the um, Adam and Eve thing because I, I hadn't thought about those two together, but like taken together, that's like a very strong message that they're sending. Yeah, it's like man and woman must marry and make children and it is good yeah (laughs) also just like when the grandma was chanting about her like different mythical figures that yeah and she said the way she said it at least in turkish was like adam and eve jesus and magdalena isis and whatever osiris yeah osiris osiris yeah yeah but it's like um adam and eve and Isis and Osiris, yes, but Jesus and Magdalena, like, no one who believes, like, this is not, like, an Adam and Eve equivalent. That happened, like, everyone who uh, practices an Abrahamic religion knows that Jesus came, like, later. (laughs) So this is not, like, an origin of the world couple. So I was like, first of all, you're wildly controversial, you're also inaccurate. Yeah, (laughs) there's, like, no, I mean, if you're religious in a Christian, like, a Christian religion, you wouldn't believe that Jesus was right. with anyone right oh, so, okay. even and even if like yeah I totally agreed uh with that Sophie like so I was like the controversial part like the you know the religiously offensive thing that she said but beyond that it's also just like yeah. not a good analogy because like <laughs> no one there is not a group of people who thinks that Jesus and Magdalena were together and therefore created mankind like that's yeah. not an origin story that even exists so mm-hmm. she, yeah. she they just threw that in there to uh, stir the pot I think <laughs> I think somebody's Possibly. been reading a lot of Dan Brown which Dan we will Brown. talk about later yeah. but that's also a Dan Brownism with the yes. um, Jesus having uh, yes. kids thing so interesting 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I wanted to talk about Elif in this episode. Like, obviously we've got to talk about the, oh, I'm pregnant because that was dumb as shit. But I really liked when Nazem and Elif were having that conversation and he was like, oh, Erhan's dead. Now Erhan's responsibility is your responsibility. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, let's run with this. Elif can be like Atiyah's counterpart, whatever. But no, nothing came of that at all. She was just no. there to she get just had to buy out of handcuffs. She just had to take a walk to Urfa. That, that was all she had to do. Yeah, <laughs> which was disappointing because I thought like that hadn't occurred to me at all that um, Elif could take over that role. And I thought that was really interesting. But but she can't though. Like part of what the grandma was saying about the man, the women, the woman <laughs> yeah. getting together, like she's just never going to be able to fulfill that role in that way. Yeah. So she's always going to be kind of, a subsidiary character whose entire role is just putting Atie or Erhan in danger, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. But Medic and Adif showing up at the same time was dumb as shit. I, I can't get yeah. over that. That's I mean, Atie, when she's trying to save the world, standing and talking to herself and smiling and stroking the tassels was really too much for me, yes. even before two random yeah, characters. Like, showed can you up. please get a move on? Yeah. Like, why are you there? Yeah. All right. So now we're going to move on into our history section where we are talking about overpopula- human overpopulation, because that was mentioned as the cause of this like infertility plague that we're seeing in the show. And the uh mantra of the evil organization of aliens so we're going to talk about the theory of overpopulation in humans and also overpopulation in pop culture because there's a lot so in terms of human overpopulation i did not go deep into this because there's a lot of like problematic things associated with it but basically it's the concept that the human population will become too large to be sustained on earth Um, And then that'll cause like some sort of catastrophe slash apocalypse slash we'll all die. Um, (laughs) And and while it's true that human the human population has trended um, extremely high compared to historical amounts, uh, I think experts currently believe that population will level out over the 21st century. And there's a lot of. Um, socioeconomic and maybe colonial undertones to the argument that resources will run out. So that's not really talked about anymore. But it's an interesting thing to talk about in terms of overpopulation and um, demographics in different countries and and within regions still, it can be a very problematic thing that's happening. I think the... um... Like, like when we were talking about what, what we wanted to talk about in this episode offline, um, you know, bringing up villains. And again, no, I have no, there's no ambiguity in my mind that they're villains like uh, Thanos from um, the MCU. Like these, I think they are interesting villains though, because they actually have a crusade in their minds, a very twisted crusade beyond um, just being like, oh, I just feel like killing people. They instead, you know, put a, nice bow around it and say actually it's because there's simply too many (laughs) too many people it's killing the universe it's killing the the planet whatever um so I think it like almost makes them I mean it does I think it makes them scarier because they like have an ideology that they're uh bound to Mm -hmm. and it's like one of 
one where they truly believe they're doing good right. um, by doing evil. So, which, you know, evil, AKA just like killing people or making them disappear, whatever Thanos did. Like he simply erased them, I think. Yeah, he erased <laughs> half the population of the universe. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I think, I think it makes for a very interesting and very, very scary villain when they have these motivations. I can't really think of any other than Thanos, but I know it's like a pretty common trope. Yeah, so the one I was thinking of when I mentioned Dan Brown is the book Inferno, um, oh, yeah, which yeah. is one of the third Robert Langdon book, I think, where they go to Istanbul. So that's the only reason I read it, although I do oh, yeah. like the other Dan Brown books, this one not so much. Um, but basically, it was about a scientist, I think, who worked for the WHO, who um, invented a virus that would cause one third of um, the female population of the earth to become infertile and you know had a lot of rationalizations about it and ended up succeeding by the end of the book so then like was gonna like somebody else or maybe she was gonna help them figure out how to fix it I don't know but it was an interesting book and it ended up in the cisterns in Istanbul although there were some weird incorrect things there so I recommend (laughs) to watch I think they also did they make that one into a movie I think they did yeah 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 so it's a fun book and very overpopulation focused. I just like with, I mean, do you just mention like the, the one third of women being infertile thing? Like I was just imagining very, very briefly, like what society would look like if something like that happened. There would be such a horrible black market of like stolen infants. Oh God. Like, that rich yeah. People would want. <laughs> um, it's just horrific to think of. Yeah. That's just, like one tiny sub repercussion that immediately came to mind. But like, <laughs> You can't, like, Mr. Scientist, you cannot pull this shit without just, like, destroying <laughs> the fabric of society. Yeah. Sorry, try again. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's a big one. I think, well, there's all this, these dystopian films where people stop being able to have children, like mm. Children of Men, um, which I never watched, but I know that that's the premise. Oh, there was um, that recent series that got canceled, um, Why the Last Man? Where like oh, well, also the the handmaid's tale sorry oh yeah oh yeah that's right well are they are they like not able to have babies or is it just yeah. like the women are just being used as vehicles no, no, have... they can't that's why oh. they, they like find the women that can ah, okay. and those are the handmaids how much i don't know oh okay, okay. yeah i i never watched that show it freaked me out too much <laughs> <laughs> oh i i read the, the book i have not seen the tv show because it's not available on any of the streaming platforms here so Uh, i just know i just i i supported the the women who were protesting the trump administration by wearing the outfits because i was like i'm sure like you know i don't like them either you don't like them so yes (laughs) i didn't know i didn't know like the specifics of the show that led the women to be enslaved (laughs) yeah basically the women are enslaved to have children for the wealthy dystopian people who can't have children for themselves but they're also like there's like a very specific like home hierarchy like where there are these some women like cook in the house and then some women are the handmaidens and they're like the most precious but they're also the most hated because they are so privileged in their position and all they have to do is like have sex with the dude once a month or whatever when they can get pregnant but there's this whole ritual and like the woman is there too like the wife it's pretty yeah 
Ooh, no, thank Sammy you. Sammy and I have a double down on our commitment to not watch. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> thank you for that uh, acknowledgement of what it is about, and I will never watch it. I'm trying to think about more, more like dystopian. I mean, Brave New World is just like the world, like they just make all the babies in bottles and they all have yeah. like very specific yeah. roles assigned to them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is quite eugenist, e- eugenicist Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, when, yeah, when Sammy said that a lot of these, uh, a lot of stuff that's been written about overpopulation is, has colonial undertones yeah. or like problematic, um, yeah. you know, subtext again to use that word it's yeah that's what I thought of too was like eugenics and who gets to live yeah, sure. who gets to decide who reproduces yeah. very scary stuff mm-hmm. do not engage <laughs> yeah um was the giver was everyone else dead in the giver outside that society or no I can't remember it was this it was definitely I just dystopian. I don't remember either the details I think there's a lot of books for children <laughs> Yeah, about yeah. dystopian futures. Yes, to scare us. <laughs> I feel like a lot of like, especially more recent like zombie fiction is also like the mm. like kind of the planet taking revenge almost on mm. people. Like, God, there's so many of you. Here's a virus. Now you're all. <laughs> I mean, I, I uh, kind of feel like that's what climate change is. But at the same time, I've been rebuked by the Wikipedia article that that's not what climate change is. So. <laughs> Wait, what was it? What, what was the Wikipedia article? Oh, just the, you know, that um, overpopulation shouldn't be like uh, confused oh, with the yes. results of overpopulation. But yeah, um, it does feel like Earth's revenge. <laughs> I saw, I never read the book, but I watched the World War Z movie, which was mm-hmm. really good, um, which was kind of a similar concept. Yes, I'll be interested to hear some uh, mysterious death cult leader um, (laughs) ranting about why what they're doing is the best thing ever for the planet. It'll be really nice to hear that. I hope that he is a 12 foot tall purple alien with a metal glove. Yeah, Yeah. the only acceptable uh, outcome here is for Thanos to actually be here. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think, I mean, my feeling at this point, knowing that this is like an organization now, I mean, not that I thought it was one alien ever, but just, I don't know, the fact, the way they phrased it just makes me think now that it's like just a bunch of humans, but like creepy, probably really rich humans with very twisted morals. I don't, I, I wanted it to be aliens, but I'm like leaning toward it not being aliens at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just going to be like a, like you said, like a secret society, like an Illuminati type deal, yeah. which can be very cool and interesting if it's done right. But I'm not sure that we have enough runway left for that to come out. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm worried about like, like uh, okay, Atia's magic is like ancient deity magic. Like she is some kind of earth goddess and or fertility goddess. And mm-hmm. we all, I think all three of us have accepted this at this point, but there's been like enough again runway to like you said to explain how this can be but like I think it stands to reason then that the cabal is led or worships some kind of a devil figure and like I mean I feel like that's the only other possible source of this equivalent but working in the opposite direction like magic it has to be like some kind of again divine but like 
evil um, magic because the other explanation would have been like alien technology, but <laughs> I think it's very much like old uh, biblical-ish stuff. So I don't know. I just like, how are they going to introduce people and explain it? I also feel like they might be lazy and um, uh, not really show us anything from the Cabal side and just make Ozan the one big bad, which would be really lame because like, I want to know who the actual organization is. But. <laughs> yeah, and and does that mean like has Atier now just fixed it slash stymied the cabal in uh, realities one and two? Yeah, like it's everything's good there, I guess, because reality one didn't have anything; they weren't succeeding. Right. Yeah. Oof. Well, but now the, whatever reality Ozan is in, he stole the baby successfully. Right. Right. right, and then and then what does that what does the baby theft accomplish for the cabal? Because the baby has been born, like the fertility curse has been beaten. But the daughter, they gave us some line about the daughter is important to do literally to do something, not just to be born. So mm-hmm. I think okay. being born was not the last hurdle, unfortunately. God damn it! <laughs> okay good on overpopulation i think so all right something else will take us out first i don't think we need to worry about it all right Okay, so now we're going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is What the Fuck, Sultan of Success, and Fatima's Hit List. What the fucks? So, yeah, there are a couple. <laughs> um, so my first one is the, the when Sardar and Atiye are talking, and also when Atiye is in the cave, she's like in the final stages of the pregnancy. But like, I feel like it's been three uh, days and she's had a she flat stomach going? this whole time. No, no but I, yeah. think they, I think they just skipped over her the rest of her pregnancy, didn't they? Yeah. I don't yeah, think they I, must don't, have, I, I just. You think she just like hung out in the cave for six months no, or whatever? I, I think, think something well, happened. Time they, just, exist, <laughs> they didn't think it was interesting enough to show. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. But yes, I thought that was. We should have just made her more pregnant. Yeah. Sadler also said that she was in the final stage of her pregnancy, like even before that she went into the cave and then had the weird, like, in the white void birth. Right. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it's like like nine months. The Twilight baby fertility got. got. (laughs) It's like the Twilight baby that was. Oh my god, that freaked me out so much. That was so gross, and it was like eating her from the inside. Oh, and that baby was like a vampire meat. That's so gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like revenge for her having like premarital sex or something, wasn't it? I don't know. No, it's because no, 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 no. It's because she had sex with a vampire and she got pregnant. (laughs) No, I do know that part. (laughs) But like, well, it's a vampire baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she had premarital. No, protection is so important when you have sex with vampires, guys. Like. The, the author had to made up this make up this whole theory about like in the book it says like yeah there was this thing with the vampires where like even if they're old and dead like they can somehow impregnate a human I, mean, I don't know sounds like bullshit to me but anyway 
yeah I was I was into those books until the that thing happened and I was like oh my god this is the most horrifying thing ever (laughs) what the fuck redeeming Sardar I'm just not into it I get it that's the show's vibe and that's cool but I'm more into the revenge part (laughs) what the fuck Elif showing up pregnant like I why like no we're also, never gonna it, it return to a, that it took her a while to get pregnant or yeah, like she to was, find out I don't know yeah yeah because if it's if if Atiyah is already concluding her pregnancy I don't know it just the timeline doesn't make yeah sense. good point if Atiyah is in the final stages yeah I do I really think Atiyah <laughs> had an accelerated uh gestation period like mm-hmm. true like not just like that they got bored but I truly think like because she's magical or whatever like this just all happened Mm -hmm. much faster than the normal timeline scary yes (laughs) (laughs) oh and then the the last thing i this is not really what the fuck but like when melek is looking at those papers and she sees the tree in urfa like that is exactly the tree of gondor from lord of the rings and (laughs) the prop person clearly just like photocopied it from the Lord of the Rings book and put it on those papers. And it was a little ridiculous. Resourceful. (laughs) Okay. What are your guys' what the fucks? Honestly, I just have one. Okay. Which was why is Serdar wearing a suit in jail? Oh my gosh. I had that too. Well, I didn't have it, but yeah. Yeah. Why? That was confusing. Wasn't he arrested in a suit? I think he was just like in his arrest outfit. Okay, that would make that would be the only thing that makes sense, but I don't think so because he's been waiting for Ozan to come see him. But I do know would... that, like in in the um, disease that I've watched, they don't wear like orange jumpsuits or anything. No. Like, they just wear. Well, their it's jail. He hasn't been prosecuted yet. He's just. It's like you know the equivalent of if you got in a bar fight and they were holding you overnight. Like mm-hmm. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. it's not because he's arrested for okay. something, okay. but like you know he hasn't been prosecuted. Fine. Yet. He's just snap a snappier dresser than your average overnight right. drunken person. Well, he, he looks yeah. very well dressed. Yeah, having he looks spent super put together anyway. Yeah, agreed. Oh, also, we didn't talk about this, but the fact that Seher is in the birth scene again yeah. implies that it must be timeline two or a new timeline. Yeah, yeah but Zure is dead, so yeah, it's just mm. and red haired well, lady is real. <laughs> Is is Zuhre ever dead though? Remember, death is just a passage <laughs> and time doesn't exist and every moment is a new opportunity. She was a ghost, so maybe it was just ghost Zuhre there. You wouldn't really yeah. know the difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah, my WTFs were medic and Aedif showing up at the goddamn yeah. tree at the exact same time. That's a good one. <laughs> Within like two seconds of, you know, getting the memo that Atia was there. And Melek was like, I know everything. Right. And then <laughs> you don't Medic... need to explain anything to me. I know everything. And then, and then proceeded to be, again, a major ass toward her <laughs> adopted daughter. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So, Horrible. So just disgusting and offensive that they keep doing that. Um, and then just WTF to Zura for, like, thinking, again, Jesus and Magdalena equals <laughs> in terms of like mythology like that is not nope not the same role <laughs> was played. um and then i think that's oh yeah the atia like musings about time 
being sequential but not nonsense um <laughs> and then yeah i also yeah wrote wtf i'd kick sadar's ass all day long yes I forgive them, yes which we've already said <laughs> you didn't deserve that <laughs> agreed okay sultan of success i mean hmm. it kind of has to be atier right like i assume yeah. she saved all of the women which is what she set right, out yeah. to do but at the same time I mean, she's definitely not, you know, going to go on Fatma's hit list or anything crazy like that for this. But she also fails because, like, a gust of wind stole her. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. That was also a WTF. Yeah. 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 (laughs) She accomplished her mission of saving the ladies, but she also just, like, threw herself into a giant yes, while sitting troubles. in the white void in which she gave birth a gust of wind stole yes. her newborn yes it happens okay so she's not gonna be our salt of success then who is i think she has to be the salt maybe, of yeah, success. Yeah, we'll go, we'll better. or hannah maybe oh hannah just got shit done in both times Hannah's alive and and accomplishing her goals, whatever they may be, in both timelines. So I'm into that. Oh, I also wanted that this is not my actual nomination for Soul of Success, but the little boy who plays little sad dot in the well plays a oh little my God. boy, the little boy version of a villain on that pirate show I keep talking about. No way. Or he's just you know everyone loves him he's just always employed to play uh villain in villain origin stories so. wow good for him <laughs> get that bag little boy yes <laughs> um that's another what the fuck thank you for bringing it up that yeah. we had to flash to more of sardar in the well before he right, died it's like for what for why we don't care i about guess because he's story. redeemed and yeah, so we should care it- about him but his, his backstory is, like, so difficult to really understand. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, he just, like, was placed in a well as punishment and then swore to be all-powerful. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. You don't relate to that? <laughs> I don't really, I, guess I, I guess I was not well, punished severely enough. And then he was also shitty to his children. So what's... Right, like, right. Good point. Yeah. He didn't learn yes. anything from the well experience. Correct. A waste of a perfectly good well <laughs> i feel like that was narrow narrow enough to climb out of also yeah what, what an idiot <laughs> <laughs> um okay fatwa's hit list um for me it's between a gust of wind and ozan oh is a good one too Melek was kind of obnoxious because she's like i don't know going over and like trying to ruin everything and then just sad about her son dying and all the more obnoxious because i think we're supposed to find her sympathetic oh we are i think we are and and i find her extremely evil so yeah yeah okay what's your vote melek or ozan ozan for me I think for me, I mean, not to not to complicate this vote, but like Medic, I think she like there's nothing that she can do that would redeem her for me. But like Ozan, like I'm like ninety nine percent sure, ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure he's evil, and he's working fully with the cabal. But like, there's still like a sliver of possibility mm-hmm. that he's a double agent, or like he took mm-hmm. the baby to protect the baby somehow. Like we just don't know enough yet to. 
right he's too we- dumb to protect that baby though <laughs> yeah he is that's true but like, i don't know i just also like selfishly obviously don't want plasma to kill him because i want to find out what's going on so as, as if our plasma list is like you know i like that order to kill i like, I like that rationalization <laughs> i didn't think about that so I would vote for Medic, which is annoying. I would also vote for set up any day of the week if we put her up as a nominee. <laughs> Actually, like set up was redeemed for me, but I know you guys hate her. I like her at this point. Oh you like my her? god, Sophia! Sophia wanted to kill. That's was, like, the wildest fine. take I have ever heard you say. Oh, the writer, the writer in Fatma that Sophia was obsessed with having uh, <laughs> killed off when he was a perfectly nice man. <laughs> no, he was not a perfectly nice man. <laughs> oh my gosh! I hope there's a season two of Fatma so much we can go back to the writer. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Congratulations to our Sultan of Success, Hannah. Goodbye to our number one on Fatwa's hit list, Melek. We hope to never see you and your problematic ways again. We will be talking next time about ATA season three, episode one, and hopefully we'll find out what the heck Ozan and the baby and ATA and Erhan and everybody's up to. So such a um, weird family. Very exciting. <laughs> weird family situation. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll talk to you guys next time.